You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. It is Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So we have a very special show today with a very special guest, Joy Britt, who is a licensed clinical social worker and the host of the Joy of Social Work podcast. She will be gracing us with her present momentarily. But before we get into the meat of the show, I did want to keep up with um, my now newly formed tradition of sharing a highlight of my week every single week. And so the highlight of this week um, is really the realization that each day is precious and our time here is uncertain and to make the best of every moment. And the reason that this kind of became a highlight um, for my week is I had found out that a former coworker of mine had um, literally recently passed away and is a coworker that I saw last week at a conference. And he looked fine. He looked good. But unfortunately, he sustained a head injury um, over the weekend and he passed away in his sleep. And just thinking about that just really, really made me. I don't even know if sad is the word because, you know, I am trying to work through how I express emotions, but I definitely internalized it and it it created some sort of anxiety within me because he was very young. He was younger than me. And when I see and hear of young people dying, it's just, it, it really breaks my heart because of the lost potential. And especially when it's somebody you you knew and you've seen and you, you know, you had a sense of their joy for life. It's just really heartbreaking. And the anxiety, I guess, for for me is more so like, am I am I doing enough? Am I living my my life in the right way? Am I am I having enough fun? Am I really living life like each day is my last? Not in the YOLO way where I'm gonna you know drink and do all sorts of crazy stuff because tomorrow's not promised. But you know, just really taking the time and um, really focusing on what's important in life and making sure that my priorities are aligned and spending time with friends and family. You know, I am notorious for this and there are a lot of family members and friends that, you know, I text here and there. They know that I love them. I know they love me, but I've not made the time because I guess in my head, I think that I'll always have time and I have not been so lucky in the past. And so this this um, loss, in a sense, you know, kind of reminded me that Rita, tomorrow is literally not promised. You are here today, gone tomorrow. Make the most of, you know, your days, make the most of your relationships and just stay focused on the positive and not not to let life's ups and downs get you down. A lot of times, you know, some of us, we ride with the waves. If it's a good day, we're good. If it's a bad day, we're bad. And, you know, I'm guilty of that. And so it's just keeping at the forefront of my mind that, you know, 
life is very precious and sometimes those arguments aren't necessary and sometimes, you know, the attitude is not necessary. And so that's my highlight of the week. And so before we get into into the the show, which today's topic, since I didn't mention it earlier, we're going to be talking about loss, ironically enough, that my highlight has to deal with loss. But we're going to talk about loss and how do you cope when you still have to go to work? Like when you're going through a grieving process or attempting to go through a grieving process, how do you remain present at work when you are going through a loss or have went through a loss. Um, And so Joy, who I went to, well, I don't want to get into too much about (laughs) how we we know each other, you know, keep keep tuning in and you guys will know. But we are going to talk about that because it's really important. And it's 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 a topic that I don't think many people really address. You know, this podcast is here to talk about the different issues, the various issues that arise at the workplace. And when we think about it, we spend about eight plus hours, 10, 12, 13, depending on what type of industry you're in. We spend all that time at work. So of course, our emotional baggage will spill in through work. Of course, you know, our trials and tribulations and the things that we deal with, you know, are going to spill in through work. And we have to know how to be able to navigate our emotions, navigate the workplace while going through a lot of these experiences. But before we before we get into it, I just want to give a really, really, really big shout out to my girl, Farah Naomi Lewis. Farah and Lewis, um, she is one of our Frida women. She has been featured as Frida Woman of the Month several times within the past, you know, year and a half that I've had this podcast and I've had the Frida Women NYC platform. She has been a true friend and activist. Um, we have done a lot of good work in the community together and she has won the special election for city council of the 45th district. This happened literally last night. Everybody is still on a high because it took a lot of effort from her team, from the community to get this win for her. There was a lot of hoopla in the streets, a lot of, um, you know, just political drama, which is normal for elections. But this election was special for all of us because it shows that when you have a, a team of dedicated people, doesn't matter how big the team is, but you have a team of dedicated people who believe in you, believe in your work. And most importantly, when your work speaks for itself, the, the win is yours. The win is certainly yours. And Farrah's platform was really, you know, to have a unified 45. And last night at the, you know, the victory party, that is what I saw. The Jewish community, the Muslim community, the the Caribbean community, the the, you know, the American community, we were all there together in celebration, hand in hand. And everyone had a part to do, you know, in this win. Of course, This is not the end of the road. There is still a primary election, you know, and we're getting ready for that. But to win this election with the margin that that we won it was just so amazing and so inspiring. And again, it's like when you feel like you're not able to do something, when you feel like you want to give up and you want to be discouraged, it's moments like these watching Farah win this race. And again, to, to know the behind the scenes of 
you know, what took place with this particular race. It's truly inspiring. And I mean, I'm really on a high this morning. So congratulations to you, Farrah Lewis, for all of your hard work and dedication. And we know we're going to bring it home for the primary and the general election. Uh, but thank you to all of my my Frida family who took the time. Yesterday I was posting on social media on the different platforms. Thank you all who who stood together with our sister and either voted for her because you live in the district or texted somebody, called somebody, emailed somebody to let them know that Farrah Lewis is the candidate of choice. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So without further ado, we are on to the meat of the show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Joy Britt. Joy, say hello. Hello, hello, everybody. (laughs) So Joy and I actually go way back. I'm not going to date ourselves. (laughs) Um, I will not do that today. Good, good, good. <laughs> but we go way back. We went to college together. Yes, which seems like so long ago. I know. It- I'm just like, this is not possible. Right. It has like not been was- that long. Exactly. <laughs> but I think social media does a really good job of keeping people together because honestly... You know, without it, I mean, that's how we we were able to stay in contact with each other, you know, throughout the years is through social media. Like, oh, my gosh, Joy is doing this. Joy is doing that. And it's like, but yes. outside of that, I think that's why we think that it's, it hasn't been so long because we're still in each other's faces. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but life is so different. I know it is so different. And sometimes, though, I go back and I'm like, man, I miss those college days. Mm-hmm. We a good time at St. John's. We had a really good time. Like I can say that I had a real college experience with good people. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It was a good time. It was well, a good we should time. go back. We're like not for school. Yeah, I know, right? There should be a real reunion. Although I would give anything just to be a dorm student right now. Yes. Yes. To go back That's to the a time that I want again. Yeah. Just to go back to a time when we were just hanging out huh? in Marillac. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) good times good times but that's how joy and i that's how we we met each other years ago um as i think we even met our freshman year actually i think so yeah we met our freshman year and you know (laughs) i know it's (laughs) it's crazy but that's how i met joy and thanks to social media we've been able to keep in contact and see what's going on with each other's lives and just be informed and so Joy has a podcast called The Joy of Social Work. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So The Joy of Social Work podcast is a podcast that encourages people of color to seek mental health services if they need them. Um, it's also kind of like to normalize and take away the stigma of mental health because I think so much in our community, it doesn't become a priority because there's other things going on or you're like taught to be strong or you're taught to just kind of like keep going on with life, even though life is hitting you hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like sharing my story about kind of what the topic we're going to talk about today is of loss and grief and like how I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys, like Joy's story, like I, you know, I unfortunately have met, you know, have had face-to-face encounters with, with loss since I was a child. Like I've been losing friends since I was like six, unfortunately. And so I'm used to loss, um, which is sad to say, you know, nobody wants to be used to loss, 
But I, you know, but I, although I lost all of these close friends and like family members, it wasn't until I lost my grandmother that it actually, like that I felt like mm-hmm. the real pain, like, yes, wait, like a piece of me is gone. And that's, I think when you realize when somebody is that close to you, I think that's when you realize how permanent death is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they're not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't go away. And so when I, you know, when I was following up with what was going on with you and when I had heard about some of the things, I was just like, how is this girl, (laughs) this woman, sorry, how is this woman still standing? Yeah. Like, and so when I was thinking about this month, you know, May being Mental Health Awareness Month, um, I always try to, you know, bring awareness any way that I can, whether it be through the podcast or whether it be through blogs and whatnot. And so I was like, I want to, I want to address issues that we don't really talk about, especially that affect women of color in the workplace. And grief is something that, you know, loss Mm -hmm. is something that's, you know, a part of most people's life. And so when you think about loss, it's something that cuts really, really deep. But we're in a society where we have to keep going, right? We have to keep yeah. living. We have to keep working to pay our bills. We, we can't, we're not afforded the luxury of staying home and yeah. soaking it out for two, three months, four months, or however else. Right, right. That's so true. And so I wanted to get you on the show to talk about your, you know, your your story and your journey as a young woman of color. Like you're not like mm-hmm. some 50 year old who lost no. everybody. You are like in your thirties and yeah. going through this and you are a black professional who has to be out there on the grind. So I felt like your, your story would be very, very powerful to share. And I was, I mean, I'm, I know that somebody will get something from it. So right. that's Thank why you. I wanted to have you here today to just talk about, you know, how, how does one deal with loss while still having to be present at work? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. And the reality is it's so hard. And I have three different experiences that I'll like talk a little bit mm-hmm. about. So the first time that loss like really hit me was when my dad died in 2009 and it was unexpected, had like, he wasn't sick. And just one day I had been off for a while, like on vacation for my birthday. And I get a call from my mom and she's like, Hey, I think your dad's dead. And I was like, what is wrong with this lady? <laughs> just kind of like, that's a random phone call. And then he had passed away in his sleep. And I called my job and I remember being like, I guess I'm not coming to work today. And I was just kind of like, well, how do you like maneuver this? Like you only get a certain amount. Most jobs give you like five bereavement days, which is not really enough. I think if the person is really close to you because, or I mean, like, I don't think it's enough in general. I definitely don't think it's enough as somebody who's close to you because in five days, you're still not okay. Mm-hmm. In five days, you might not even like, if you have a funeral, you might not even plan the funeral yet. Like there's just so many things that go into it. Um, but when my dad died, I took, I had only been at that job for six months. So I only took a week off of work. I think, yeah, like a week, maybe a week and a half, but not a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember going back to work and being so disheveled and so all over the place. And at the time I was, I just started grad school 
and I was working full time at a health center and at adolescent health center. There's a lot of like things going on, a lot of crisis, a lot of kids, you know, I'm a social work. I was a social work student. So a lot of people would come and like dump their problems on me. And I'm like sitting there like my father just died. Do these people not know that this is too much for me? Um, but I just kept pushing because that's what I mm-hmm. felt like I needed to do. Um, and then less than two years after that, my mom died. And so then I don't think I ever really took the time that I needed to deal with my dad's death. Mm-hmm. And then my mom died and I was like, oh God, like this is just too much. Um, and I remember taking a month off of work, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. I was only really able to take that much time off because I had like a lot of sick time. I had a lot of vacation. And so my job was okay with that. But at one point, at some point they were like, you need to come back to work or you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And because you have like to build, you pay your bills and you still got to live yeah. because where your life feels like it's stopped and it's not, and like you're stuck in this space, like the world is still moving and you still have expectations, which is really hard because you're like, hello, everybody, like I'm going through this thing. And it's like, well, your cell phone is about to get cut off or like this credit card bill is due or like you've got to pay rent. And, um, I remember it being very hard to like go back to work and be expected to like function because everyone expects you to. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my mom died, I was going into my last year of grad school and because she had um, taken out an insurance policy, I was able to take time off of work. Mm-hmm. So I like kind of used that money to live off of so I could finish school because I was like, I don't want to get to the, my last two semesters in grad school and then drop out. Yeah. Um, but everybody doesn't have that, which is why I think having a life insurance policy is important. And like, that might sound messed up of like, Oh, take out money so you can like live. But like, but it's real life. It's real. Like I wouldn't have, I, I can't even imagine having to have gone to work full time and finish grad school with the amount of work that was expected of me in like a internship. And I mean, and I know people do it, but having had that loss and having to do all of that would have been, I don't know that I would have still been standing, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because it was very hard. It was, it was just like too many things happening back to back. But I do know people who've had to just kind of get up and go back to work because that was their, their option. Um, I also think in the field that I work in, it's a little maybe easier to have a conversation with your boss because they tend, you know, most of my supervisors or all of them since these things have happened have been social workers. So they're kind of understanding and empathetic. I do remember when I worked in retail and my grandmother was sick and she was like in her nineties and I'm like, Hey, my grandmother's sick. I need to like take time off from coach. Like I didn't have, like (laughs) I wasn't making the bags. I was just selling them. And she was like, no. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> but you know, when you're working part-time and you're not necessarily like that income helps you, but it's not, you know, your parents are supporting you or other people are supporting you. Um, you can kind of just quit that job. Yeah. But when you are the person who is feeding yourself and paying your bills, you know, sometimes you have to have those difficult conversations with your job of like, I need more time off. Um, if you'd have a relative who's sick, I would suggest maybe taking like FMLA or like getting a different kind of like, like short-term disability. I don't know, like stuff so that you can have income still because five days, I don't think is enough. I don't like, I don't even know why that's a policy at most places. I think some places 
three days and not not all relatives count under that like I know my friend her uncle passed away and they're like well that's an uncle and she's like but like my uncle is like my father and they're like no it's uncle it's not your father yeah it's it's not I don't know I don't know like who policy people yeah the rules are a bit because I remember when when I think when my grandmother died they only my job only had three days I only had three bereavement days and I'm like (laughs) <laughs> I don't think so. Not enough. Mm-hmm. Three days is nothing. Um, and then rec- more, more recently in 2017, when my boyfriend died, um, I worked at a school. It was May. It was like, probably, I mean, like, I don't think there's ever a good time to die, um, but probably like the worst time in a school to have to be out is like May and June. Cause mm-hmm. there's so many things going on. Um, like, and as a social worker, uh, you know, kids are, having, are anxious because they're like, am I going to go to the next grade? I have to take regions if you're in New York City. There's like so many things and they're depending on you. And you're like, I am not going to be here because mm-hmm. this thing happened to me. And I was out for maybe it happened on a Friday. So I took that whole next week. And then I think if not the whole week, part of the week, the next week. And I remember coming back to work and being very overwhelmed because where like some of the adults were understanding and caring, the children were. (laughs) (laughs) They're teenagers. So like teenagers are selfish and they kind of were like, well, you weren't here. There were so many things going on. And like, that was hard because Mm -hmm. it was a different experience of like, where like the adults and some of my friends at work were like, you know, very supportive, like reaching out to me. The kids were like, I don't understand why you weren't here. And I'm like, cause I had a death in my family and they're like, so what? Wow. So it's, I, I guess like what I would suggest is people to take what the time that they need. And yes, understanding that you might really need six months and you're given five days and you only have like two weeks of vacation. But like, if you can have those conversations with your supervisor about like your needs. And I think we have to be honest. I think sometimes we do just kind of go back to work because we think about like, Oh, I have to pay a bill. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, definitely have to pay your bills, but you could also call like your creditors. Cause I, I mean, I'll be honest with my dad. I used to be very on top of bills all the time. When my dad died, I was like, I like lost that part of my brain or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling people like, they're like, why is this bill late? And I'm like, oh, my dad died. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. And then they would like, give you an extension. Like mm-hmm. maybe not mortgage or your rent. Like, I don't know about that stuff. I guess that depends on like who you have to pay it to. But some of your bills will give you an extension. They'll, like, they, Sometimes the person on the other end is a little understanding. Mm-hmm. So that stuff, yes, is due right now. You don't want to mess up your credit or all that stuff. But sometimes you just have to have those honest and real conversations of like, right now, I have to take care of me. Because it's hard to then take care of your job. Yeah. And every job is different. So some people, they might find comfort at work because they're distracted and they're busy and long job is to give to other people that might be really challenging yeah and I think that that part is I mean I've heard that you know before from many people and even at for me at one point I was like I I can't be home Mm -hmm. I need to be at at work I need to be distracted but then when you really think about it though like you're leaving your house or you're leaving you know what whatever space you feel like you have to escape to go to work but then when you're at work 
you're not yeah. really functioning at your, you know, your optimal levels no. right? because you're sad, you're depressed. Exactly. You're thinking about this thing that you're trying to escape. Yeah. And then sometimes you feel bad if you're not thinking about it. Yeah. And then that's a whole nother process of like, why am I not sad? Or like, I'm really sad, but I don't want to be sad because I got to do work. I mean, and I guess every boss, every supervisor is different. I would hope that you have somebody who is understanding and empathetic and gives you the time. I remember even when when my mom died and I took the month off and they and I came back to work and my supervisor was like, if you need to leave early, you can leave early. Or if you need to come in late or if you need to take a break. Um, but it's, I think you have to be, I think if you like go to work and you're like, I'm fine, then they're going to be like, all right, well, you're treat expected, you like you're fine. Exactly. You're expected to do these same things that you were doing before. Mm-hmm. But if you're honest, then maybe their expectation is still that you do these things, but they might be a little bit more understanding if it's a little late or if it like you need a break, you need like to really take a break. I think, you know, we're supposed to all take breaks, but we know that doesn't really happen. Right. I'm like, <laughs> what is a lunch break? I don't take that. Um, but like now I'm like, that's important because if I eat, then like I'm taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that point's really, you know, really important because, you know, one of the things that still, I think, haunt me to this day is when my grandmother was sick. Um, it was the night before she actually um, ended up having a, um, she had like, I guess, a mini stroke. And so therefore, like she lost brain function. Okay. And so that night before I was supposed to go visit, and, mm-hmm. but I was at work. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stay late. It was like nine o'clock at night. I was like in the office. I was doing work. I'm like, oh, I'll go see her tomorrow. I'll go see her over the weekend. And then, you know, it happened. She lost brain function. And then like she ended up dying, you know, passing over the uh-huh. weekend. And for me, I was just like, I'm, you know, I knew she wasn't feeling well. I'm still right. here slaving for yeah. the man. And yeah. it's almost like, and then when it does happen, you know, unfortunately when she passed, all they told me was that you have three days. And so I'm just like, these people don't really care. And so, you know, you, you break your back and you do all this extra stuff to, yep. to be like part of the team and to not, you know, put more to work be a on hard other worker. people. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's like, at what cost though? The cost of you, the cost of your family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I find that like, you know, I do see people do that all the time too. Like when somebody does pass or they have like a serious illness in the family, they're just like, well, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go to work though. I have to yeah. go to work, you know, or I can't take any more days off because mm-hmm. they're afraid of, you know, either, I don't know if it's retaliation or them being terminated because they're taking too much time off or whatever the case is. Right. But is there a way, um, you know, I guess to, to get into like the therapy side of things, mm-hmm. if you are an individual who is having a very hard time dealing and coping with, you know, the loss um, is there a way that you could, in a sense, I mean, some jobs offer leave of like medical leave of absences. Yes. Would something like that qualify as a medical leave of absence? Like if you were going through some sort of like mental breakdown because of that? Yes, I think um, absolutely it would. You could just, you can make an appointment. You can get a note from a doctor saying like you are clinically depressed and can't go to work mm-hmm. um, because like we all are, we all are grieving a lot. Like when the loss happens, you grieve it. Some people's grief turns into depression, mm-hmm. not everyone's or like turns into anxiety or you're like worried about your own death. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's a thing that like personally has happened to me. Like I 
it, and it comes in waves, but I feel like I was like very preoccupied with my own. I'm like, am I going to die? Because like this person is a young person. That means like I can die if I'm young, you know. So, you know, if you go to a doctor or you go to a therapist and you get, di- you know, you go have treatment, you get diagnosed, you can get a letter that says like you are unable to function at work right now. Like that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And if your part of your job has like long term or short term disability, I think is what it is, then you can you should still get Maybe not all of your salary, but some of it at least. Yeah, I think there's a. I forgot um, what the percentage is, but there is a yeah. percentage. But some pe- people have like that, like like some people are term ability that then pays what like you don't get, like it's like another percentage. Mm-hmm. I think like Aflac, and I don't know if that like works with all illnesses or all um, situations, mm-hmm. but it's it's worth looking into. Yeah, or if you have a a parent or a family member or a child who's sick, it doesn't help to like take FMLA. I remember because when my mom was, because my mom was sick, I took a lot of days off of work because after my dad died, it was, it was like my responsibility to do like he, he, there was nobody else to go to appointments with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she was ever in the hospital, you know, sometimes that would just be a night in the emergency room, but you get out at three o'clock in the morning. You don't necessarily want to go to work the next day mm-hmm. or you're like too tired to go to work. Yeah. Sometimes it would be like a few days in the hospital. And so then it's like, now I'm not at work for two days and three days. And my, my, my supervisor was like, maybe you should take FMLA. And then even at that time I was like, no, 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 no. Like I have to come to work. I don't mm-hmm. want to anybody else do my work I don't want the team to suffer because of me and I don't want to not get my whole salary but you know at the end of the day like yeah sometimes you gotta yeah yeah sometimes you gotta say all right this 60 percent of my salary when I do the math is like less a hundred dollars like to be there and not maybe spend extra money or extra time or like feel any guilt or anything afterwards it might be worth it so what would you like so what tools have you Mm -hmm. like implemented like what have you done to kind of you know get yourself to the point where you could go to work and be productive in the midst of like you know all of this loss I think for me being very so after my boyfriend died I started a new job which was probably not the smartest thing to do um because I don't think I had like fully I don't think I took enough time to really Mm -hmm. even though I took two weeks off two weeks was definitely not enough I don't like I think if you're not actively working on it like it takes forever like it potentially take all of your your life um so I think two weeks, especially if you're like planning a funeral and you're like in the midst of things, is not a lot of time or for like a person for like your job probably seems like forever. Um, but the t- what tools I have done um, is like being honest with my supervisor up front. Like this is a thing that had hap- that has happened to me. These are important dates. I like I'm good at that. I'm like, these are the dates that like I might be off. Um, either like out of the out of work, like I'm gonna take the day off, or like I might not be my best self mm-hmm. because like anniversaries and birthdays are hard. Okay. Um. So having those very honest conversations, and if a day like I feel like, oh, it's somebody's birthday, I want to go to work, I go. If I'm like, nope, 
I don't go. You know, like, I feel like you just really have to, like, listen to yourself and be honest. Or if you, like, go and you're like, I've just been sitting here crying for three hours. I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. I think that's okay, too. But I think for me, it's always been helpful to have, like, an honest conversation in the beginning so that no one can then use it against you. Like, I told you this, this was going on, so you knew what it was. You know, when you hired me or when I came back or whatever the case may be. Um, I also think, I think, I mean, as a social worker, I think therapy is very important. I think that it's the, the top place to process those feelings and those emotions. And every session doesn't have to be about your loss and your grief and it doesn't have to make you cry. But I think it definitely helps to give you tools of how to like cope. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a space to like feel free. If you feel like at home, you can't cry at work. You can't cry on a train in your car. That's a place that you have 45 minutes to an hour to yourself to like feel and say and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if all you ca- if all you have in your week is an hour to give to yourself, then then I think that's the perfect hour. If you have to give eight hours every day to your job, give one hour to yourself a week. It's like the least we could do. Yeah, that's true. And it's so funny, though, because we find so I mean, for me, like I finally found a therapist that I like and that uh-huh. I actually enjoy going to like highlight that's of the week. like, wait, you're not going to be available this week, you know? Right. But before I feel and I think that it goes to show like when you are looking for a therapist, make sure it's somebody that you thoroughly enjoy, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, I would find any excuse like, oh, who's available one hour a week? I don't have one hour yeah. a week to give to a therapist. You know, like I don't have time to, to make a schedule like, <laughs> you know, exactly. but then when you finally find somebody that you enjoy, like you just can't wait to go speak to that person. Exactly. It's it's you really look forward to it. It's the highlight of your week. You're like, oh, I can't wait to tell him or her this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that um, some people aren't at a place that they want to talk about it because it, it brings up a lot. They're like, I don't want to be sad. Um, I think for some people like journaling is really helpful, like writing it down and it's between you and the pages. You don't have to share with anyone. You don't Mm -hmm. have to read it ever to yourself. You don't have to read it out loud. It's just kind of like a place where you could put it out because the reality is you keep stuff bottled in. It's going to come out eventually. (laughs) Yeah. And we were talking about that offline. Like that's, That's definitely something I'm hoping to address at some point in my therapy because I haven't gone through, I still have not gone through my grieving process. I keep, you know, for the longest time, uh, my grandma was in Haiti in my mind. Uh (laughs) And I realized that I I have not been going through the process at all when I would wake up and say, oh man, I got to call her before. And it's Uh like, wait, it's been a couple of years. Why? Is she still like, why do I feel as if she's really just like a phone call away, literally, even Mm -hmm. though I've been to the grave? And so um, I feel like when you're overwhelmed with other aspects of your life, this is when it becomes worse because you already have this grief in the that's locked in somewhere. And now you're stressed about other aspects of your life. It just Mm -hmm. all starts to flood. (laughs) And then it's too much. And then you're sitting and you're like. Like you ordered, I don't know, nuggets and they gave you barbecue sauce. And you're like, that's not what I asked for. And you're like, why am I crying over this very insignificant thing? Yeah. Because like the world is now on top of you. Yeah. And, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You're like, it'll be something so small that you're like, they're like, Doof. and you're like, oh my God. 
God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely like co-signed the therapy thing. I feel like everybody should have an, you know, an I, independent it, trained mind to help you just sort out your life or just, just listen to, you know, what it is that you have to say. Cause a lot of times in therapy, what I find is that you actually figure it out yourself. Yes. Yes. It's just, it's you have somebody really coaching advice. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's someone like helping you piece the pieces together. Yeah. And so, yeah. but I think that the, the one thing that you mentioned, um, the first, I guess, tool that you mentioned, I think a lot of people don't, I, ne- I would never think about sitting down and talking to my supervisor and saying, here are dates, here are mm-hmm. dates in which I am not going to be here or be my best self because these are trigger mm-hmm. dates. Yeah. Like, like you said, the birthday, the anniversary, because yeah. if we're being honest with ourselves, those, you don't forget an anniversary, right? You don't no. forget a birthday. No. At no, all, especially at all. with the way Facebook is set up, they're, oh, God. they're throwing reminders in your face. <laughs> so you know this happened three years ago. You're like, thank you, you know, appreciate it. <laughs> so, but I think that's really important, and I think one theme that I've been, you know, getting throughout, you know, the other episodes, even with my guests who have talked about different issues, is the importance of being transparent with your supervisors mm-hmm. and yeah. letting them know what's going on with you. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really, really important. Um, So the other thing that I I think I wanted to to kind of touch on as well, though, is how do you respond to the coworkers, colleagues or clients who who I guess, in a sense, bring up the loss, you know, (laughs) like because. It's like you might be at a point because what if they remember, oh, today's the anniversary, right? Like, how do you <laughs> how do you deal with the, you know, the, the, the supervisor yeah. who has been put on notice, who is now checking on you every five minutes? Like, are you OK today? Are right. you OK today? <laughs> That's real, because some people um, and I talk about this, too, in my podcast. It's like people really want to be helpful. And I think people really have good intentions. But sometimes they're annoying. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not helpful. Um, some, it's like sometimes I want to be asked how I'm doing. And other times I'm like, if you bring it up, like we're going to fight. Like, don't talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Like, and and I guess I, I guess this goes back to being transparent is like saying, like, you know what? I'm not doing great or I'm fine or whatever, however you're feeling. And, but I don't want to talk about it or like, I do want to talk about it or like today is not a good day. Let's talk about it another time because mm-hmm. people will bring it up. I mean, yeah. like the anniversary of my boyfriend's death is coming up and it's like the people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but they're like, are you doing something? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, can I just see how I feel when I wake up that day? Would you want me to plan something for you? No, please do not. Don't. <laughs> don't you dare. Because <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to come. But, you know, I think people really try to be helpful. And it's not always received that way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just kind of encourage people to, like, if you want to check in on someone who you know is grieving or has just experienced a loss or has a loss that's that's not even that recent. Like you can, you can like lightly check in like, Hey, how you feeling? You don't have to like bring it up. Like yeah. today's the day such and such died. Like, why would you say that? You're like, who, who does that actually? <laughs> right. Like who don't, does don't that? say that. Right. Cause like, I know, like we know, and yeah. it's like the person knows what that day is. You don't have to remind them. You can just say like, Hey, thinking about you. 
hey, checking on you. Mm-hmm. You could send like a heart emoji or like a hug yeah. or something. You don't have to like make it a thing because to me, I feel like people like to make it a thing because then they're like, I checked on her and I, you know, I sent her a prayer and I told her <laughs> that they're watching over her and now she'll be happy because I did that. And you're like, why the hell are you texting me? You know, <laughs> this was not received the way you thought it was exactly, going to be. Exactly, exactly. So I guess with all of that, um, I mean, again, like for, for somebody like who's so young to be, to have experienced so much close, because people experience, loss happens all the time. Like, unfortunately, yeah. you know, um, over the weekend, a former colleague of mine, suddenly passed away and I saw him like last week at a conference and it's just like you know and so that paranoia that like you know people get sometimes like is it gonna be me or it's definitely real because is it you know that's a question like you know so real (laughs) it just happens out of nowhere but I guess where you are now like where would you say you are now with with everything that's happened with you you know where where do you feel you know is is there ever a point where it's like, all right, I'm good now? No. Uh, I don't know that you're ever good. I think you're like on a forever journey to like try to be better than you were maybe the day before or like mm. five minutes before. Cause I feel like, like for me, it's never like a day by day, it's literally like moment by moment because mm. I can be fine. And then like in 10 minutes, I could be like boiling my eyes out. Yeah. And then the 30 minutes from that, I could be like, I'm good. I want to like, like go to the park or something. Like it really like comes in waves. And sometimes somebody said this to me, sometimes you walk, you ride the wave and sometimes the wave takes you over. Mm-hmm. And so it like kind of depends on like, Sometimes it depends on other elements. It depends on like how open I am to the feeling. Like mm-hmm. if I'm sitting doing nothing and I'm having a thought because I'm doing nothing, it might, I might have the time and the space to, to really be able to have a feeling that I might not be able to have. Like if I'm at work in a session with a student, <laughs> like that's probably not the time that I <laughs> like, Oh my God, I need to have a meltdown. I might feel like it needs to come out, but I know that I have to put that on hold okay. or like, I have to like tell the kid like, Hey, you gotta go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> like I need to cry. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Um, I asked that because you, you know, as time goes on, you know, and it becomes, you know, more and more years since this individual has, you know, passed. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, the question to me is, at what point will supervisors or whoever say, how many years has it been now? Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, and so like for me, when I think about it, it's been five years, Mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like it was yesterday still Mm -hmm. because I haven't dealt with it yet. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if I go to my supervisor now and say, listen, I lost my grandmother five years ago. It's still, I, you know, people who, who experienced loss will understand that, yes. you know, there, there's no like time frame where you heal and are good. Exactly. But if people you're not who going through that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can easily see somebody being a little apprehensive saying, I want to be transparent with my supervisor and let them know that I lost my dad or I lost my, my, my husband or whatever a few years ago. And I still haven't gotten over it. It still affects me every day, but 
then in the back of their mind, it's like, but how can I, if it's been several years, like, is there a way to get around that? Like, how do you address that? Or, you know, is, is there a way to address that in the workplace? I mean, I guess you, I guess you could be as transparent as you need to be. You don't necessarily have to say it's been five years. It's mm-hmm. been, cause I mean, like the reality is my dad died 10 years, 10, this year makes 10 years. And sometimes it still feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody is not, if you know that, you're, I feel like you know your supervisor. If you know your supervisor is an asshole, like, mm-hmm. just like in general, um, and you're like, hey, this thing happened five years ago. This thing happened a year ago. Because some people think you're supposed to get over it in six months to a year. Yeah. Um, so if you know that they're going to be kind of a jerk about it, um, and you weren't working there or you weren't working with them when it happened, then you can say, you know, I had a loss before you and I met and, you know, I don't know. I've been thinking about it lately and it's been bothering me. And so I might need like a day or two off or something. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I feel like you don't have to give so much. I mean, you don't have to give your supervisor any information, but I just think like if they're going to be a jerk, they're going to be a jerk. Yeah. And if, if they're a jerk and they don't respect your mental health and they don't respect your, um, like your well-being, that might not be the place for you to work. That might not be the person for you to work for because you might have another loss. And then they're like, oh, well, you need to be here in two days. Yeah. And then how's that going to impact you? You know, yeah. like, you know, I mean, and some people are just very rigid and some people are very much like, you're still thinking about that. Like, I mean, when my dad died, I was in a relationship and the person I was in a relationship was like, are you really crying? It's been six months. And I'm wow. like, should I not be crying? And I'm like, I'm still sad. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. some people are just jerks. And so they, if it happened five days ago, they might be like, well, you still got to come to work because mm-hmm. you got to do. too. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that, I think that's a good point though. I think sometimes we give too much information when we're trying to, it's like, we feel like we have to like sell. Yeah, she has to over- <laughs> like, like, and she was, my grandmother was really close to me. And, you know, like she, you like she see- raised me. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> okay, so what, you know, and, and you have to also realize that everybody you're talking to about this doesn't have that, that same relationship with that person. Like, mm-hmm. They might have hated their grandmother, so they're like, I don't care. Like grandmas are the grandmothers. Or they might hate their mom or their dad. And then you're like They might not I yeah. just, in fact, I just poured my whole heart out to this person for them to be like, You still gotta come to work. Like Yeah. You know, give them I feel like as much as you know. Like I like I said, my supervisors have been social workers. So the conversation is like, this happens, and sometimes they're like, Oh my god, and they might cry. I mean, like it it's a slew of things, mm-hmm. but if a person, if like your boss is just going to be nasty, then I would give not a lot of information. I might almost even make it seem like it happened recently. Yeah. Like if they, if you weren't working with them or for them before it happened, I might just almost, and like, you know, like I really need to deal with this. Like, Hey, my grandmother died. If they, I mean, like, it's nothing like that's on your resume. If they don't know it yeah. from information and other people are like, you should never like, but if somebody's already dead, I think it's fine to say like they died. I don't think you should go make up things about people no, who are still not. alive. But like, <laughs> it's your grandmother. Like, if that's a thing that you need to do and you feel like my boss isn't going to go for that, maybe make it seem like it's a more recent thing. Yeah. I mean, and then, it's about you. Yeah, you. yeah, it's about you. I mean, there's, I mean, now I'm telling people how to like cheat the system. I'm like, you can make up <laughs> a program. 
I'm making an obituary if you have to, like, no, yeah. but I think, yeah, I think that is, I think it's just really important. I think for people to understand that, you know, you, there are things that you can do, you know, to yeah. still have, to still go to work and have your mental health intact. Yes. You know, you can yes. still take FMLA is something I feel is really underutilized. People are not, yeah. they don't use it maybe because they don't really understand that, that it's there. It. Mm-hmm. That it's there and what it's there for, short-term disability. Um, and even, you know, going to the therapist. I mean, I had, or, you know, shortly after my grandmother passed, I had a, you know, mental breakdown because I had other mm-hmm. things going down. I, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I had to actually, you know, take short-term disability where my therapist was like, you're not going back to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it ended up being six weeks because after four weeks, I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And he's like, I don't think so. He wanted me to yeah. be out for like a good two months. But I was like, nah, my same thing. My supervisor might not take too kindly <laughs> to me being out for so long. So I, we <laughs> negotiated a six weeks. But yeah, a lot of people don't even know that you can actually do that. You know, be take mm-hmm. a leave of absence for, you know, that mental health, um, I guess, counts as a medical leave that would qualify them to be out. Yeah. I mean, and also like you have sick time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember at not where I am now, but like a few jobs back, it was the first job that I had after both of my parents, like the first full-time job, like my first like job back to working after not working. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even know what was going on, but like, it just kind of hit me because I think that I had a moment that I was taking care of it and like doing stuff. And then I like stopped because I got busy and life happened. And I'm like, okay, I'm like working now. And like, I finished school and I got to take care of myself. And it hit me. I was at work and my supervisor was like, there's a change in you. I see it. Everybody sees it. We notice it, you know, cause I'm like kind of like a cheery smiley person. Mm-hmm. She's like, you just like walk around looking like you're about to fight people all the time. And we're concerned um, take a few days off of work. And she's like, just go to the doctor, get a sick note. And then you don't have to use vacation time. You just use sick time. Mm-hmm. If you get a note that says like, you can't return back to work until this day, your job can't fight that. Yeah, that's true. And you know, because sometimes, like, I mean, again, I work with social workers. So they're like a little bit more empathetic versus like, if you work in a different field and your boss is like, I don't care if you're crying, go to work. Like mm-hmm. you gotta be here. But again, maybe that's not the field for you or maybe that's not the place for you to work. Yeah. People should not want you to like run yourself into the ground for them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and this, I see this post all the time, like if you, something happens to you, they're going to be looking for somebody to, yeah. to before your funeral's even like yeah. done, your job will be posted and filled. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So like, what's more important? It's them true. or you? It's true. And I think that, you know, we're in this era now where, you know, professional women of color are trying to reinvent themselves in so many different ways. Like they're still like, it's like people are starting to like step back from like the, those corporate settings now when they're becoming their own bosses, they're doing their own thing. And I think that that's definitely like a message that's again, you know, through the different shows have kind of like come out. Like if you're working somewhere that is causing you stress, that's not understanding and sympathetic to you know, you know, real life issues that take place, then that might not be the place for you. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're, if you know, you might not, that might not be your, your place. Let that be a place for somebody else who has, you know, nothing bad happening in their life. Exactly. (laughs) Their life is perfect. Yes. 
everyone is well. <laughs> Everyone's healthy. Everyone's exactly. thriving. <laughs> but if that's not you, if you yeah. need like a day off or two, and your boss is like, you can't take days off, that, no. No, you need to go. You need to go. Because you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And that's definitely something that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the best at that, even though I, I, advoc- I advocate for it a lot. I'm always talking about it, but I am not the best. But I'm hoping that as, you know, I learn more through, you know, the podcast, through the guests and just listen to other people's right. stories that maybe I might, it might click one day. Like, Rita, you should. I mean, I think I am doing a little better, though. I am saying no a lot more. Good. Saying no a lot more. <laughs> so, you know, I'm challenging people at work. Like, I don't think so. You exactly. Know? Hopefully I still have a job. <laughs> See how long I can do this for. Um, but no, I, I think it's so important to talk about uh, mental health. And I think it's def- it's important to let people know that there are there are like resources and there are ways around it. You know, real life mm-hmm. happens. We can't escape loss. We can't escape illness. We can't escape certain things, but you can still go to work and be productive, you know, but it's just a way to do it. Right. And right, like transparency exactly. is the key. Yes. And some, some, um, if somebody is like, I don't want to like look for a therapist, that feels like a lot of work. Some jobs have, um, EAP, I think it's employee. I can't think of what it stands for, but it's like therapists that work for whoever you work for. Mm -hmm. So you just call them up and they make you an appointment. Usually they're like Mm -hmm. near your job, Mm -hmm. if not in the same building. And it just kind of like takes out the like having to look for somebody. Now they might not be like, they might not fit all the qualifications or the criteria, not qualifications, but the like criteria you want if you want somebody that's like, a woman and they might only just have men or whatever the case may be. But like, if you feel like you need something in the moment and you don't have to deal with this now, some employers do offer that. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Definitely good to know. I think we got a lot of gems out of this episode here today. Yes, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you were able to come on and talk about it. I know it's a very sensitive topic, but I know that you have your podcast and you are changing lives with every episode, touching on real Thank issues. Um, so I was like, nah, she, she'll be okay to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us again, how do we, how can we um, find your podcast? Uh, so the Joy of Social Work podcast, and it's Joy spelled with an I, is on iTunes and it's also on SoundCloud. Okay, right now. great. We're trying to make it bigger, you know. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so definitely, um, definitely check out the Joy of Social Work. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, like you know, if just from today's episode, people are able to get some, you know, some gems. I'm pretty sure that they'll be able to, especially if they're dealing with, you know, this particular issue. Yes, there's not many places and spaces where we can really get you know real information from real people who are our age going through this stuff you know a lot of times it's like you know the elders which you know I always give them credit but it's it's a different feeling in a different sense when you're getting information from somebody who's your age you know from your era dealing and coping with the same issues you're you know coping and dealing with so Mm -hmm. 
But thank you so much, Joy, for being thank on you. today's show. I am definitely excited for everyone to hear. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I'm like, who want this to come out now? <laughs> yes, definitely. So to- it will come out tomorrow. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, but definitely, um, you know, I'm going to send some traffic over your way too. So people, if you're if they were happy about what they heard today, they could definitely hear more from your um, from your podcast, The Joy of Social Work. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, of course. Of course. And we definitely have to, I guess, to do a better job. We have to do some sort of like reunion. Yes. Some in-person stuff. In-person <laughs> stuff. Because we are all so involved in each other's lives on social we media. Are. We know everything <laughs> about our lives. But it's like, I haven't seen you in how long. I know. <laughs> it's been such a long time. But you feel like you. I see you all the yeah, time because of social I media. I agree. I agree. We got to do a better job. Because I feel like yeah. our year, our class, like I feel like we were all just like such so close while we were there and we were so involved in each other's lives and we were actually friends like you can't yes. really say that you know you with, with a lot of people but we were actually friends and you know yeah. in college so we definitely have to find a way especially since we're all doing amazing things we exactly. gotta find a way to to meet up Yes, yes. All right. Well, everyone, this is a wrap for Frida's World Podcast. Thank you again so much. Joy from the Joy of Social Work Podcast for being on this show. <laughs> and it's a wrap, and I'll talk to you guys next week. It's Frida's World. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's World.